Good morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. Here we are again. What a wonderful day. Today we're going to be talking about yet another classic. The 1982 slasher flick, The Slumber Party Massacre. Oh. I mentioned this title to my coworker and she goes, what is that movie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. Uh, This movie is sort of a rarity because it is the first horror film that that is known, at least in the U.S., where it is helmed by females. It is the uh, film where there is a female writer and a female director and producer, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. But it's, I mean, we'll get into it, but it's a little strange because this film isn't maybe as feminist as it could be. Yeah. Or is it? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Amy Jones is the director. She also directed, guess, Beethoven. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got a good repertoire going. <laughs> I can do family films and slasher flicks. <laughs> You're hired. Uh, she also did Mystic Pizza. Oh, so she also does What rom-coms. an impressive resume. I know. Good for her. Yes. Uh she so she yes she was the director and the producer and Rita Mae Brown who is widely widely known for her popular cozy mystery books the Mrs Murphy mysteries did you ever read those did your mom ever read those ah uh, you know I don't know my mom loves them really their our attic is like full of these that mystery is too books. funny yeah when I oh found God. out that she was the writer for this I was like I know her she does those cat mystery books. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. She wrote the script. Uh, It was originally titled something else, uh, not Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, The name escapes me right now, but uh, it was something that she just, I think, wrote, not for fun, but something that she could sell eventually. Yeah. Uh, And it was actually written as a parody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were both pretty young during this time. Uh, I know Amy Jones was only 27 when she directed this film, and it was her first film. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Before that, she uh, was an editor for uh, one of Roger Corman's films that he produced. Uh, Joe Dante was the director. And she wanted to get her feet wet in directing. And so he was like, well, here's the script and here's this movie. Go ahead. And so she did. It was that's awesome. Um, There's really not much else about Amy Jones, though. There's a lot more about Rita Mae Brown because she is uh, much more famous. She's done a lot more. Uh, prominent uh, projects. Uh, She's also my new hero. (laughs) I love her so much. She is a badass. She is a crazy, awesome feminist. Mm -hmm. She went in the 60s when she was in Florida and in New York City. She went to civil rights rallies, uh, anti-war rallies, gay rights rallies. And she was actually kicked out of her college in Florida because she was too like vocal about these uh, wow. very liberal topics. And they were like, you're too much. And they kicked her out of college. And so she hitchhiked, I think, or something, got to New York City and then went to school there. Wow. Uh, and then continued her work in, in uh, helping people, uh, you know, during these, this crazy time when yeah. a lot of people were suffering. 
she's awesome. I think she's so cool. So she wrote Slumber Party Massacre. Uh, yeah. And which I guess if you look at the slashers from the 70s and then the ones in the 80s, the ones in the 80s are way more campier than the ones from the 70s. Yeah. Um, because, I, I mean, I'm what comes to mind is Halloween came out in the 70s. Oh. And Halloween, even though it has its own share of camp, it's, I think it's just because it's dated. Yeah. Um, when it came out, I think people were le- legitimately frightened of that film. Mm-hmm. And everyone sort of tried to recreate uh, Halloween after that. Yeah. And, of course, they all weren't as serious. Uh, so, you know. So this movie's a lot campier than, let's say, Halloween. Yeah. But, uh, Abby, tell me about the plot of The Slumber Party Massacre. Okay. So... The Slumber Party Massacre um, focuses on a group of high school-aged girls, mm-hmm. and uh, they're all on a basketball team together. Nice. Um, so the girls decide to throw a slumber party at um, Trish's house. She's mm-hmm. one of the main characters. And um, Trish reaches out to the new girl, Valerie, mm-hmm. who is on the basketball team. And everyone's jealous of Valerie because she is super pretty. She's so good at basketball. So... Um, <laughs> Trish invites her over to this slumber party that they're going to have, but Valerie overhears the girls in the locker room, like, talking about her and making fun of her, kind of. So she's a little bit self-conscious, and she doesn't really want to go, despite Trish being super nice to her. Um, So you have the girls at their slumber party, and then you're introduced to the killer, whose name is Russ Thorne. He's an escapee from a local prison, and he's responsible for murdering people with a power drill. And You couldn't keep a straight face. I really couldn't because it's such a ridiculous weapon. You're like, how does he keep it charged all the time? Or, like, I didn't even know that cordless <laughs> drills exist. Maybe this is kind of dumb, but I didn't know that that was a thing. So, anyway, okay. So, moving on. He murders people with a power drill. Um... And he starts by killing this um, telephone repair woman uh-huh. uh, who is outside the high school and stuff like that. He, like, lures her into her... Well, I don't know if he really lures her. He kills her in her own van and, like, steals her van and yeah. goes on a murdering rampage. So she's um, the first victim. She is the first victim. And then his next victim was another one of the teenage girls who was on the basketball team. Okay. He chases her through the school and... It's oh, this yeah. whole big dramatic scene, and it's so, so cheesy, but so good. Um, so you have your first couple victims, and then uh, you move on to the party, and it's girls only. There's no boys allowed. Um, Obviously. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Russ shows up to the party and starts picking girls off one by one. Um, but the girls are actually pretty resourceful. And yeah. they they are pretty fierce. Like, yeah, you have your typical like, oh my god, so scary. But for the most part, they defend themselves and they kind of stick together. And yeah. um, they're a strong group of women, especially for this type of film in this time period. Right. Yeah. Um. So the Russ picks them off one by one throughout the evening. Um, and then we're left with Valerie and Trish mm-hmm. and Valerie's younger sister, Courtney. Okay. Um, and so Russ kind of chases them through the backyards, and it's this whole big, crazy finale. <laughs> and 
<laughs> Valerie cuts his drill bit in half with drill a machete. Bit. And um, then she chops his hand off and he falls in the pool. And then he puts up a fight and then she kills him with a machete. Just whacks the crap out of him. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. The that's end. the end of Rust. And the end of the movie. But it was everything in between is fantastic. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> it's so great. It is great. Abby, when so was this your first time seeing the film? It was. Um, I had seen the trailers and stuff for it, mm-hmm. but um, had never watched the whole thing. Yeah. But I mean, I have a couple other friends who are into horror as well, and it's one of their favorites. Um, one of my coworkers actually really, really loved it. Oh, really? So she was really excited when she heard that we were doing this. Nice. And um, so I can see why, though, because it's really, really funny, actually. It's so funny. <laughs> and it's so fun. It is fun. It's just fun. Um, you know, when it was made... It was a intention. It was supposed to be a parody, right? Like we explained in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But Roger Corman apparently didn't get it. He was like, "This what? No, this would just be a straight horror film. Yes, the camp is there, but like, there's this isn't in, shouldn't be an intentional parody, right? Yeah. He, he basically was like, just film it like a real horror film, mm-hmm. and. You know, that kind of backfired, and now it's a cult classic. Yes. It's, you know, there's so many feminist undertones and overtones. Yeah. It's super feminist. It really is. It's so great. Um, You know, just the fact that these girls are are so resourceful, and, you know, we'll get into the the drill slash penis in a minute. (laughs) Oh, let's, God. Let's talk more about the girls, the characters. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned right before we started recording that you remembered Valerie and Trish and mm. Courtney, and that's it. Yeah. The uh, rest of the... I, I can't even believe you remembered that much, because I walked away from seeing this film. I I saw this film last year at one point, because uh, we own the DVD, but I didn't... I kind of, like, okay, forgot about it, and then when I watched it again this time... It was the same experience where I was having a good time. It was fun. Could I remember any of the characters, including the killer's name? No, I couldn't. You yeah. had to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm glad somebody remembered. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that is intentional for them to be sort of forgettable? Or do you think that's just me? <laughs> um. Well, it's kind of, it kind of goes both ways. Because yeah. each of the girls... I definitely think that the writers of the movie gave them each their own personality, for oh, sure. Yeah. Like, they're funny, and, like, some of them are a little bit quieter than the others, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't I don't remember their names. I, I know that there was a Kim. That's, like, the only other You're one that I remember. You're still doing way better than I did. <laughs> for me, I, I remembered them off of the pajamas that they wore. Yeah. Like, that's how yep. I can remember if you talk about the girl who had the jersey on. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, yes. and I almost yeah. feel really bad that I don't remember I any know. of their names. And, and I don't know if that was intentional or if that was maybe part of the parody. Yeah. Because this is supposed to make fun of horror films, uh, slasher films, really, from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And slasher films like Halloween and, you know, yeah. these disposable girls who get killed and, you know, and you're left with the final girl type trope um 
you know, and so Rita Mae Brown originally wrote it to be like that, so I, I wasn't so sure if even that was supposed to be part of the parody that was lost in translation when they were trying to film it yeah. as a serious film. Um, I could definitely see that, because actually, too, you remember them by how they're killed, kind of, you yeah. know? like which is not really that good. No, it's not. It's kind of sad. I know. You but, feel like a bad feminist when yeah. you watch it. Like, oh, but it's written by a feminist! Yay! So you're conflicted. <laughs> yes. It's so, yeah, it's such a strange film in that regard. Um, but yeah, these girls, you know... What I think is really great is that they have this party where it's all women, and they are intruded upon. Mm-hmm. Not just by the boys who are peeping on them, which, God, they're Gross. so stupid. Yeah, they are so they're dumb. They're dumb. Um, <laughs> but they're also, they also are uh, violated by the killer. Yeah. There are these, if we want to look at it from a feminist point of view, there are men that are coming into their safe zone. Mm-hmm. Where they can be topless and they can be, you know, in their pajamas and they can just hang out and they can order pizza and they can talk about what they want to talk about without having someone who is not a female uh, objectify them. Right. Yeah. But but they but it happens. The boys show up and they're like jerking off at the window. <laughs> I mean, they're not, but they kind yeah, of are. I mean, basically. And and then Russ comes in and kills them all with a drill which looks kind of like a thing (laughs) a thing a penis (laughs) looks like a penis yeah um penis is not a bad word so we can say it (laughs) um yeah but let's talk about the men in this film what did you think about the the boyfriends or the friends i guess and then russ well okay so the the boyfriends are they're the comic relief kind of yeah. um they're but they're their own comic relief like the the girls are funny by themselves really which i loved because they were great i feel like you don't really get that out of a lot of horror films because girls are always portrayed as overly dramatic or kind of weaker until they're forced to to fend for themselves. Right, yeah. exactly. So I like that humor was added to them. Um, but, I mean, they're just... The boys are just dumber than a box of rocks. And just... Almost to the point where it's... Y- you wonder what is happening. Because yeah. they sort of have a derpy look on their face the whole entire time. And, like, the the girls actually beat the crap out of them all the time. Like, yes. the one guy always gets, like, punched in the face. <laughs> You're yeah. like, do you not ever see this coming? Like, what? <laughs> so you have they that. Are lit- they are literally lower life forms yeah. to the females in this film. Yeah. And that's why this film, I think, is so conflicting because, you know, it's it's talked about as being a feminist horror film, and in mm. a lot of ways it is. And at the same time, there's so much nudity, like yeah. unnecessary nudity. Like the opening, in one of the opening scenes, you have like a, a basically full view of girls showering in the locker room. Like, and it's like full frontal view. Yeah. Yeah. Lot, and lots of butts. And you're like, Lots of butts. What? <laughs> lots of boobs. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's so much unnecessary n- nakedness of females right. in this film 
that to me, I was almost a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm I'm peeping in on somebody and well, I shouldn't be. I think maybe that was part of the idea of the film was to make you feel uncomfortable and be like, and really think about why they were showing it at that time. Yeah. Because it's not like, like, yeah, you have like your typical high school girls in the shower room, blah, blah, blah. But you don't see any men for that scene who are like, talking about it beforehand like there's no introduction to it it's just there yeah you're like oh oh." like it makes you feel kind of gross and it's there and it's there for a long time yeah it's not nonchalant like no and it's not really girls being comfortable with their nudity like walking around out in the open like it didn't have that feel to it right because if we look at carrie which is a film we should do soon yeah uh in at the beginning of carrie the nudity is necessary yeah we're in the girls locker room for that one scene and you just pan through Mm -hmm. and you catch it all and then it's done and then it doesn't happen again right because it's not necessary again yeah this one, there's you see a girl changing in the beginning of the film. You mm-hmm. see girls in the locker room for a long time in the shower. And there's actually a lot of uh, moments where the camera didn't actually have to hit their boobs. Like, you know what yes, I mean? Because yes. there's so much where they could block it. Yep. Um, and then it's there, and then it's there for forever. They're in that locker room yeah. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Having conversations that they could probably have other places. Mm-hmm. And they are... Uh, when they're at the slumber party and they're changing, it's just all the time. And I and I just thought that was um, just really interesting mm-hmm. that that was included in the film. And again, it's a it's supposed to be a parody, and maybe that comes with it. Uh, but at the same time, what if it's not? Like, what if that was asked to be added? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. So. But it it is kind of funny too, though, because they do talk about like boys and stuff like that while they're in there. And it's like the typical locker room talk that you would hear from males in movies at that time. You know, what's also interesting is that one of the girls approaches, I think Valerie's the girl that, yeah, Trish approaches like, you're really good at basketball, but it's like, like creepy. So good at basketball. Yeah. And it's very, very sexual, very sexual. (laughs) Yeah. There is a like a I thought a lesbian kind of feel there. I'm not even kidding when I say that I thought um Trish was going to end up like having a crush on Valerie and I was like this is crazy for like not crazy but, but for, for that for time, time period yeah. and for that genre yeah where where people who are are gay are not portrayed in horror, like, at all. Or right. if they are, if they're, like, a stereotypical gay person. Yeah. You know, they're not realistic or not real, really. And so, like, the fact that that little moment happened, and mm-hmm. it's so, the fact that you noticed it, too. Yeah. It's so noticeable. Oh, yeah. That you're like, what's going on here? They mm-hmm. like each other. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And so then, of course, now that makes me think maybe the nudity should be normalized. Yeah. Maybe it is something that is... We're, we look at it and we're like, oh, that shouldn't exist, and that's not feminist. But maybe it is to to be op- to be nude and to be open and to be talking to these girls and to not maybe yeah. that's not a sexual uh, to like you know in, in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It it should be maybe in a good way. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I 
also wonder too, like you know how and like I'll use Top Gun for an example. Yeah. Um, there's a locker room scene with the guys there, and they're kind of like messing around with each other and stuff like that. But they have it's it's like they have an issue complimenting each other. Like yeah, they're like oh I don't want to seem gay if I compliment him. Blah 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 kind of thing. But I feel like this kind of made fun of that. Like, yeah, it's kind of like, like it's showing that women are comfortable enough to do that with each other, but guys aren't. Because so I feel like it's kind of is so fragile. <laughs> it's yes. so fragile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you you handle it wrong and it breaks. Right. You know. Yeah. And yeah, that's a great way to think of it. Yeah. That you know, females are more comfortable with. Uh, subjects like that, mm-hmm. and males just ruin it. <laughs> they ruin the they ruin the tender moments. Oh God! <laughs> but so let's talk about the killer. He has a power drill. I can't even say it I without can't laughing. Either. Either. I really can't. He has a power drill, which is used to go into things. Yep. Insert into things. Yes. Right. So yeah. it's. I mean, it's a penis joke. Like, I, it it's really is. Definitely one. Mm-hmm. If you don't think so, you're crazy. Like, yeah. it, that's what it. That's what it's there for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that at the end of this film, Valerie's the main girl. Mm-hmm. I still can't remember. She's the new popular. Girl. The new girl. Yeah. <laughs> she takes the machete and she cuts it in half. Yeah. And. She basically says, get out of my slumber party. This is all girls only. You showed up. You ruined it. But I think we can look at it metaphorically like that. Like, you have intruded on the safety zone. Yeah. And Well, actually, it's kind of funny because Valerie wasn't even at the slumber party, but she is the one who is, like, taking care of business. Valerie wasn't oh, there yeah, all night yes, long. She was right. with her little sister, Courtney. Yes. So, and she's the one who ends up taking out the killer. So it's very... So she's almost like the protector of other girls who are just trying to have a good time. Right, yeah. Like, you are destroying this the safe zone for well, them. Well, she's kind of motherly, too. Because yeah. if you watch her interact with Courtney, she's, like, doing her hair and makeup and stuff like that, and talking to her about like boys and sex and stuff kind of like dissing her for reading playgirl or something like she's yeah, like no you're yeah, up yeah. there not doing your homework yeah right <laughs> oh my god don't rip out the setafold yes <laughs> <laughs> oh god which it's a girl looking at playgirl and not yes. a boy looking at a playboy yep really the roles were reversed in that sense too yeah oh yeah compared to what it used to be back mm-hmm. then and now, really. Yeah. You never see a girl like sneakily looking at like stuff like that. It's always about boys trying to find the boobs. Mm-hmm. Where are they? You mm-hmm. know? Oh yep. my gosh. I'm discovering so much just I talking know. about this with you. So many layers. Like an onion. Like an onion. <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre, aka <laughs> Onion. <laughs> the Onion movie. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the killer. He uh, he. Act, the actor who played him uh, created a backstory. I wish I knew. Like I wish I knew the backstory. Yeah, I don't think he's told anyone. I couldn't find it anywhere, at least. 
And that's why he's so um, creepy. He is. He's so, and it's like, I'm, I'm sitting there watching the movie and I'm like, what is this guy's motivation? Is he, he's just running around with his power tool. Like, <laughs> like any other man. Slicing and dicing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But it's true. Uh, we don't know. He he's escaped from an asylum, or is he prison. escaped from Maybe prison? Like a prison escapee. Because oh you hear it on the radio. Oh, that's at right. The at the beginning, yeah, they talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So he's escaped, and he's gotten a hold of a power drill, and he's just he is. We don't know why. It's not like uh, Jason or Michael, where we know why they're killing. Right. He's just is. Yeah. He's just doing it, and yeah, he the actor created his own backstory, and. It's not revealed in the film. I I really, really, really wish that I knew. Me too. Because it, honestly, like, it makes me feel kind of bad that they, I, I feel bad, but I don't at the same time, because I like that the movie focuses more on the girls. Yes. But it makes me feel bad because it's like they just have this crazy guy running around, and it's, I feel like it's kind of a metaphor that all... Maybe I'm reading this wrong, but all men have, like, this crazy sexual side that, like, wants to invade people's personal space and, like, take advantage of situations kind of thing. Which, in reality, isn't necessarily true, but right. but, but in this film, it, that could be what it's portraying. Right, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, I'm kind of, like, 50-50 about it, you know? I can see why they did it, but at the same time, I, I wish I had more info. So, yeah. yeah. It kind of gives the character a little more light, maybe. You kind of maybe can sympathize with the character. Yeah. But you can't with him because no, he's just because mindlessly, you're, you're just what like, you what? assume he's mindlessly killing people for, you know. <laughs> for funsies. For funsies. <laughs> Because I want to. Yeah, because it's a good time. Which, if you want to be really scary about it, why do men or women uh, rape people? Yeah. Why do they do it? Yeah. Is there a real reason? Or is it just because it's an urge? Yeah. That they feel like... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because that's... I mean, with all the metaphors in this film that are they're swimming with metaphors, mm-hmm. uh, it could possibly mean that, really, yeah. to the viewer. Why does anyone do anything that violates someone else for personal gain? Just simple personal gain. No yeah. actual motive, real reason. Yeah. Just like a feeling that makes them feel powerful or... Yeah. Wow. Mm. So I think we should end on something that I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. This goes against the odds of all other slasher films uh, in more ways than one. But one of them is that the killer doesn't wear a mask. Yeah. We see his face. Mm-hmm. Wow. What do you think of that? Um, well, I think, so with a lot of horror movies, sometimes you don't see the monster or the killer, mm-hmm. and it lets your imagination run kind of wild. Yeah. And it, it kind of trips you up a little bit because you're, like, imagining what could be and, like, is this like a hideous gross creature that is like so grotesque that they can't even show it kind of thing. Yeah. Um but you're not you don't get that with this. So it's uh, it's very much in your face and it's there and it's like it's kind of like 
there's close-ups of him all the time. Yeah. Which is almost, um, you know, you kind of feel like he's violating your space when you watch it, too. Because right. he's so, he's, the close-ups of his face are so terrifying. Mm-hmm. And his eye twitches. And yeah, and he just looks wild all he, the time. He looks like a wild animal. He does. Yeah. Um, this is almost, for me, much more realistic. Because if, mm-hmm. if you were to be attacked or violated or killed by somebody, they probably aren't going to wear a mask. Yeah. Which, Unless it's like... Um, pre-planned. Unless it's a pre-planned thing. But, but this is totally not that. It's, it's just someone yeah. running around killing because they want to. Right, yeah. It is a Ted Bundy. Yeah. It's a Dahmer. Yeah. They never wore masks like supervillains. And, you know, yeah. they look... I mean, that's half the reason why so many people were attracted to Ted Bundy, because he looked like a normal, great guy. Yeah. And that's sort of what's happening here with the killer in Slumber Party Massacre, where he is just a guy. Mm-hmm. And it could happen to anybody. Yeah, Because just exactly. a guy could show up with a power drill. Yeah. And kill you. But, I mean... To put kind of a, a dark note on it, yeah. um, it's kind of like maybe their way of saying sexual assault is always there. It's always around the corner, and you never know who it's going to be or who you're going to run into. could be anybody on the street, and like you said, they're not trying to hide it. They're looking for their next victim. And yeah, they're predators. That's Yeah, that's what you get with Russ in this movie, so... Wow, yeah. yeah. The Slumber Party Massacre. Ooh. I love it. <laughs> wow. That's it for today. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks, uh, guys. Next week, Abby and I will have our very first guest on the show. Uh, she's a friend of mine and a huge horror fan as well. We'll be talking about her favorite horror film and probably Stephen King's least favorite, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Ooh. Hope to see you there. <laughs>